This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah. It is Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, what does it take to be the fastest, hardest, the strongest today? We meet swim champion and Olympic hopeful Sara Lajnab. She is an athlete who has beat incredible odds to go from swimming to rowing to triathlon and now has her eyes set on the ultimate challenge. We hear her story next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Tunisian swimmer Sara Lejnaf is a six-time medalist at the third Arab Championships here in the UAE 2016. She was the only Tunisian swimmer at the 2015 Kazan World Masters Swimming Championships in 2015 and the only female swimmer at the 2012 London Olympics for Tunisia. We are so excited to welcome Sara Lejnaf into the studio hello hi sally thank you for having me that was an amazing intro i like it it's it's all the stuff you've done um but you know as we mentioned you are a world-class swimmer you are an olympian um an elite athlete really um is this something that you always dreamed about when you were a little girl in tunisia um well it's really hard to say because when you're a little girl um you dream of becoming a lot of things but yeah, definitely. Uh, becoming a world-class swimmer was one of my dreams. And um, that's why I actually, when I was 15, my federation and my parents um, decided to send me to France. Let's um, go back, though, you know, yeah. before you were 15, because <laughs> you joined the national team when you were 11, I think. Yes. Uh, well, I finished high school and then I joined the, the national team. Yes. You finished high school? Finished high school in Tunisia, so oh, like wow. finished last year of high school. I mean, my last year of high school was when I started like making the times for the national yeah, team, yeah. and I was actually younger than the, um, the other people that were in there. Um, so I was 11, but usually you join at like 12 or 13, and um, I was always kind of like the youngest one. And and then when I was 14, I joined the A national team, and I was the youngest one training with them. So I was like the little, <laughs> the little puppy that goes with them everywhere, <laughs> and it's just like. And I have two brothers, so I always wanted to hang out with with guys. And like the older guys, I was always like with them all the time. And the girls were jealous of me because I was with the older cute guys and like really (laughs) nice, uh, like a national team. And they were like, how can you just like always be with those guys? I'm like, um, they're little sister. They don't see me as anything else, but they're little sister, you know. And so So. did you get kind of get the strength from that, from being around them and, and seeing what they can do? and wanting to be the same or what was it about swimming and you thought to yourself you know I want I want to compete well um you know like my mom I think I got it from my mom and my dad um I have well the greatest parents in in the world like that's probably what everybody says but really my mom um like I grew up seeing my mom really fighting for everything and my mom is in the military she's a military officer and she's a general now (laughs) so um like i had a really role model with me at home every day and i was seeing her how she was like in a men's world and proving herself and um being the best at it so it was really like she set the example for me and i always like saw my mom as like i wanted to be like my mom uh probably i did it in a different like field 
but I still like did it. And at some point I wanted to join the military because I wanted to be like my mom, exactly like my mom, but she didn't want me to. <laughs> and then I moved to France and I moved to the US and it was not like, um, like things were not going that way. But um, I mean, I did, I went into the sports world and then I studied politics. <laughs> you studied <laughs> and, politics. And international relations. <laughs> Wait, you know, this is incredible. You got sports on one side, you know, international competitions. And you've got politics on the other side. What? Yeah. I mean, you know, I always wanted to be good at everything. I'm kind of like a perfectionist. They said that Virgos are perfectionists. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, in France, I did an economical. Um, and um, so I did an economical uh, high school. Like I finished my high school mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. um, so I did five years in France. Because um, you then left. You left home at I 15. I left when I was 15. Yes. That's amazing. Um, Your parents sent you. By myself. My dad went with me. My mom couldn't go because she was like, I'm not going to leave my girl and come back. I'm the only girl. I have two brothers. So she was like, I'm not ready to go. Leave her there and come back. So my dad volunteered and I was my daddy's princess too. So it was really wow. hard for him to just like go. And I remember the day where my dad was leaving, he had tears in his eyes and it was raining that day too. And um, he just like pretended that it was just the rain that was just like making him wet. And, um, and I just like the strong little girl that I was, I just hugged him and went into the class right away. And I didn't want to like have any emotions or anything because I knew if I just like showed a little bit of emotion, I would just like, I mean, melted down. So I just like hugged him by dad and have a nice trip. And then I went into my class and with my friends and he left and he told me that that day in the plane, he just like cried. And he was like, how did I do that to my little girl? Just like leaving her there in like in a known world. And I just like go back and let her. But I mean, I did my way and um, I stayed in France for five years. Wow. I kind of like taught myself everything that I know pretty much. Uh, but for my parents, it's still hard on them because they still see me as that little girl, like that 15 years old girl. So, um, so yeah. And, um, and then I went to the U.S. I got recruited by the University of Florida, um, moved to the U.S. in 2009 and uh, decided to do a political science uh, major with international relations minor. Um, and then I graduated with highest honors. Wow. But in all that time, you're still competing. I was swimming. I was swimming. recruited by the University of Florida. So um, between 2009 and 2013, I was swimming for the University of Florida. And we won national, like U.S. national championships in 2010 with my team. And then I was competing internationally and with, uh, with the university team. So in wow. 2010, I won African championships in Morocco and I set the record in the 200 breaststroke, the championship record. I competed at like uh, Pan Pacific Games. We were invited because Tunisia is not in the Pacific, but we were invited. Um, I competed at world championships, short course, long course, uh, Mediterranean championships, Arab championships. Um, yeah, and then I qualified for the Olympics in 2012. It's incredible. Um, it's unbelievable. London. Thank you. <laughs> and what did that feel like? Because you were the first female yes, Tunisian to qualify for the Olympics. We had uh, two athletes like in 88 before I, I, I'm born into in, in 89. So in 88, we had one athlete invited to the Olympics. Um, but I was the first female uh, swimmer to qualify, to make the cuts to qualify for the Olympics. And um, yeah, it was an honor and it was really a great experience. Like the London Olympics were, were really something. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I did it. I'm glad. Uh, probably didn't perform as I wanted. Um, I was really ready for it. And then I had a little accident just before it <laughs> that 
could have been like fatal to me. We got to talk about that next. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is unbelievable what happened to you and you still went in there and yep. you still competed. You're not going to believe uh, what happened to Sarah. We're going to tell you that next here on Life Beats. <laughs> this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. What does it take to be the best in the world, the fastest, the strongest, the one who uh, jumps the highest? In the studio with us, we have the Olympian, Sarah Lezhnev, and you're in the middle of telling us your story of how you got to the London Olympics, which is insane, um, because just before you went to compete in the London Olympics, this happened to you. Yes. Uh, what happened to me is that I had a hole in my lung. Uh, so oh my, my the lung tissue blew off and um, it just like broke up. So um, it actually, it's not funny how it happened, but it's like, it doesn't happen like it happens to one out of like 10 million that's what the doctor told me like one out of 10 million athletes that it happened to and it's not very common in swimming but he was like i don't know what it happened to you but i guess it's like a sign from god or something but um so at some point before the olympics um a month and a half before the olympics i get an email from my federation telling me that i'm not qualifying like i did not qualify we're sorry to tell you that you did not qualify for the olympics so I spent the whole weekend, I remember Thursday until like Sunday, I was crying and just like blowing my eyes, like crying and just like so devastated because I trained so hard and I was really training hard and my coaches were very happy with me. And they were like, Sarah, you're going to just do great at the Olympics. And then um, like I get to training on Monday morning. Um, I do like 200 meters. I jump in the water. I do 200 meters. And then I started having a pain in my chest. And um, I stop, I tell my coach, Leah, I told her, Leah, like, I, I feel weird, like, I cannot breathe anymore. She was like, no, you're fine, you probably have a cold. I'm like, Leah, I jumped in the water with no cold, and I had a cold, like, in 200 meters. She's like, no, it's fine, keep going. If it doesn't get better, just let me know. I kept going, it didn't get better, it was getting worse. I started, like, feeling bubbles coming up my neck, and I was, like, touching the bubbles, actually. It was such a weird feeling. And then... I'm freaking out just (laughs) hearing it. So that was Monday morning. I trained Monday morning, trained Monday afternoon, trained Tuesday morning, lifted on Tuesday morning, and then it was getting worse and worse and worse, and I couldn't, like, stand up anymore. So um, I couldn't take a whole breath. So I go to my trainer and I told her, um, Ashley, this is getting really bad. We need to see a doctor now. So she sends me urgently to like a doctor. I get to the doctor. I start telling him a little bit about the symptoms. He's like, I hope it's not what I'm thinking, but let's do an x-ray. I do the x-ray and I come back to his office and his face was like turning yellow. I'm like, please tell me what's going on. He's like, I'm sorry to tell you, but you actually have like a hole in your lung. Your, your lung just like, I mean, your, the tissue has a hole in it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but what does that mean? He's like, well, the air is supposed to circulate inside the lungs, but the air now is circulating inside your body and going up your neck. So thank God you came now because this is really dangerous. What you did, just like 
going for two days without like doing anything about it, it, it could kill you. Like if the air goes up to your brain, it could kill you. So I was like, thank you, doctor, oh <laughs> for the great God. news. Well, at least I'm not going to the Olympics. So can I go home? He's like, no, you cannot go anywhere. You cannot like, I mean, bear the pressure of the airplane. So you have to stay still and not do anything for like until this hole close off because the hole was not too big. So we can like make a surgery on it. So it has to close by itself. How long did that take? Well, it took like 10 days. I was sitting in my couch and like talking to my mom and my mom was devastated and she, she didn't know what she could do because she was like across the other side of the world. So and you had the no Olympics. You yeah. had the holy knee lung. Exactly. And I was sitting and not doing anything. I couldn't even cry. Like I wanted to cry, but I couldn't cry because it was hurting so bad. And I had like my grocery delivered to the house. So going from the couch to open the door was really painful. Oh. And then I was like, I need to do something about this. And then all of a sudden, 10 days later, I get another email from my federation saying, oh, sorry for the mistake, but you actually made the Olympics. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> that is the craziest thing. And I was like, oh, God. And they didn't know about this thing that happened or anything, you know. So I was what like, OK, Sarah, you like, I've got a hole in my lung. Yeah. How am I going to compete? Exactly. Make a decision. What are you going to do? So I go to my coach and I'm like, coach, I'm getting better. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. She's like, you're crazy. What? Like, you're not getting back in the water. You need to wait. So I started cycling a little and um, I was like, I need to do something. And my team was leaving because that was like three weeks before the Olympics. So my team was leaving for a competition. We were in Florida and they were leaving to South Florida and Fort Lauderdale to do a competition and they'll go to a camp in Ireland, like a pre-Olympic camp um, in Ireland. And I was not on that list. Like I didn't do any arrangements or anything. So that day I go, I cycle for an hour and I run to our like agent, um, like travel agent. And I tell her, please, Bonnie, just get me everything with the team. Just put me on everything that the team is doing. So she does it so perfectly and she gets me on everything. And then the next day I traveled with them and... <laughs> I was like getting back into it little by little oh and started like training again. And But, you know, it was hard mentally more than physically because the doctor told me there's like a 25% chance that it would come back. Even after it closes, mm -hmm. there is 25% chance. So I was scared like in my head, like I couldn't breathe as as I could. Like it was closed completely. But for me, I was just like too scared to like put the effort like 100%. But I got back and I trained really hard. Like those three weeks, I really trained really hard. And then we got to the Olympics. I was ready physically. Like probably I was at 90%, not what I wanted to be. But mentally, I was, I was not. But I was like, I decided to go to the Olympics. I was like, I told my coach, even if I go on a wheelchair, I'm going to these Olympics. You just it's not every that... day that you qualify for the Olympics. And wow. like, it's a dream for all athletes to go to the Olympics. And like, I mean, probably a big percentage of those athletes don't make it to the Olympics. And I had that chance and that privilege to go. And then I'm like, no, I will not go because I had this accident. I was like, no, I'm going, I'm competing. And it's an experience after all, even if I don't do the best time that I wanted to do, or I don't like, because going like when I was training, I really wanted to make like semifinals and finals. And I was ready for that. But then I went there, I did the 200 breaststroke. It was like, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I was still scared. But I was like, it's a competition. It's like an experience for me. These are my first Olympics. So I need to take the experience to enjoy, enjoy this competition and see all those athletes and like stay in the Olympic village and see like athletes from every 
like part of the world and from different sports and just like be there that's already like an achievement on itself so it really um, is that's that's extraordinary (laughs) that is unbelievable i need to ask you um you know with all your love and respect you're crazy right (laughs) I am. I am. <laughs> You're gonna hear more about the crazy. I got crazier actually. That's in- people get, you know, people get like wiser when they get older, but I get crazier. You just kind of go the other way. You're unbelievable. Um, uh, I, I want to ask you where that whole mindset, because you have this mindset of, um, you know, that there is no option in losing. Losing is not mm-hmm. an option. Yeah. I'm not gonna back out. You just went for it, yeah, a thousand definitely. percent. So where do you get that mindset from? I mean, it's really like the life experiences and um, like the way I like I just like my parents raised me like I'm very thankful for the way like my parents raised me because, you know, going like leaving home when you're 15 and going like on a country that you don't know, different culture, different people, like different mentality, like anyone can just like go wrong and just like go completely the opposite yeah. way. But I, I just like living on my own taught me to just like count on myself be uh like just be independent Mm. and not like count on anybody and just like um whatever like i set goals for myself and i try to to reach those goals and as i told you my mom was really that role model for me that i saw her like just like being in the military is not easy and being a woman in the military is not easy and she was always like she she did like She's um, her specialty is like commandment. So she was always like a commander in all the places that she went to. And she was in charge. She's always in charge. And I always see her like they always put her in a place where it's like a mess so she can fix it. And I saw her fixing it. So I'm like, I can do it. If my mom can do it, I'm her daughter. So I definitely can do it. We need to get your mom on the show. This is crazy. (laughs) That's amazing. You have an incredible role model in her. But now... You are becoming a role model for others as well. Somebody who's completely smashing it. We're <laughs> going to come back in a minute. Talk about why you decided to go from swimming to rowing to uh-huh. triathlon <laughs> and back to the Olympics again. There is yes. so much to talk about still with you. Sara Lezhnev is with us here in the studio on Life Beats. More to come right after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Amazing conversation with the one and only Olympian and uh, swimmer. She's a rower. Uh, she's a triathlete. Uh, there isn't anything that she has left. Actually, there's stuff still for you to come, apparently. Um, but, uh, you know, incredible and, and uh, crazy woman uh, that we love here. Uh, Sarah Lezhnev. Amazing, unbelievable story. The way that you uh, approach life, what you do with it um, is so inspirational. We've only gotten through a little bit of it. Yes. We're only up to 2012. (laughs) Um, But from there, uh, you know, competing in the Olympics and being part of that Mm -hmm. experience, uh, after that, you decided to switch to rowing. Yes. Why? <laughs> because I um, I was trying to qualify. After I won the Master uh, World Championships in 2015, um, I decided to go full in to qualify for Rio 2016. Unfortunately, I had a little bit of problems and things happened and I did not go. Um, so... When I didn't go to Rio, I was like, I need to find another um, like thing that just gonna keep me going and like push me to do better. So, um, and 
you kind of like now understand that I'm not the kind to give up. Um, so I was like, okay. I had like, since I've been swimming, um, I had a lot of people telling me that I could be good at rowing because I'm tall and I'm endurant and swimming just got me this endurance and like I have strong legs because I was a breaststroker. Um, so I have strong legs, so I could be good at rowing. Um, so I was like, okay, let's give it a try. I go um, to a club in Tunisia. So the first club doesn't accept older people, let's mm. say. Um, they only take like the, the younger ones, like up to 12 years old. And at the time in 2017-16, I was, uh, what, like 26, 27? Um, so I went to the military club because my mom was in the military. So I went to the military club. I go the first day. <laughs> I, I mean, I said this story before, but it's always like I always laugh at it because I show up there the first day and the coach looks at me and he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I want to learn how to row. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, have you ever done rowing before? Have you ever been on a boat before? I'm like, uh, nope. <laughs> He's like, how old are you? I'm like, 27. He's like, uh, why are you doing this to yourself and to me? <laughs> because he had to take me, you know? So he's like, I'm like, try me. Like, I'm good. I, I learn fast. I'm an athlete. I've been an athlete my whole life. And I can learn very fast. Like, I can pick up things quickly. So he's like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's try you. And then the first week, my dad was with me all the time. And he was filming me. And I would get on the boat and flip get on the boat and flip and it was November and it was freezing cold but I was like I'm decided to do it I'm gonna do it <laughs> so I just like and I started getting little by little comfortable on the boat I was there every morning and sometimes I would train morning and afternoon and I was like coach I'm gonna prove you that I can do it and I will do it and then we had a competition at the end of the month like I had only one month to prepare and they said we want to put you in that competition in the double and um so I was training morning and afternoon and training really hard and I had blisters in my hand and because rowing actually gives you blisters a lot because like like you turn the, the oars all the time and then it gives you blisters and I was bleeding and I was like wrapping my hands and going and just like doing it. So and we go to that coastal rowing championships in Tunisia and um, I go with my double. So she was scared and I was scared though because I mean you're someone else depends on you so I'm not only like on my boat I have mm. another person with me and I had to really go fast so she doesn't do like all the effort and um and we go and we win the event we won the double uh at the Tunisian championships like the coastal rowing championships whoa <laughs> yeah incredible so I was like yay see coach <laughs> you the coach it. was like really jumping on the rock in front of us like he was jumping up and down and it was like good job nice job was he, was he in disbelief at what you well, had achieved during like that month he started to change his mind and he started like to see how committed I am and he was starting to encourage me and he was like Sarah I'm really sorry I didn't believe in you at first I didn't know you were like that crazy and you're not like you're not a like anyone you know so I'm like I told you I told you I am different <laughs> you know I want to believe that I'm different you really just you put your mind to it and you can do whatever you yeah, want and so, you just go um, for it so then I came back to the UAE and um, I was looking for rowing like clubs here because I was only for a short time in Tunisia and this and is I, where the, yeah. the the Sharjah connection comes in this is where it is so yeah. I um I found Alhamriya uh rowing club so Alhamriya uh, sports and culture club and they had rowing so I call the coach and I'm like, hi coach, I'm a, I'm a, like a long time swimmer and I just like started rowing recently. Can I join your club? 
He was like, yes, welcome. Come on, we're looking for girls. You can come. So um, I came, I went, I joined Alhamraya in Feb 2017. And they only had like two, uh, they had two or three um, rounds left in the championship. So I did those rounds and I won those rounds. I was like winning five gold medals at each round uh, because I was doing the single. Phenomenal. The double woman, the mixed mm. double, the quad woman and the mixed quad. So it was like five events every time. So I won the 2017 um, UAE National Championship overall winner. And then I went back 2018 and um, I we had like seven rounds at that championship. So we had a long championship. And then something happens in the middle in oh March. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's another cliffhanger. You have to wait for it. We're going to come back with uh, Sara Lejnaf, uh because she's moving on to triathlons. But before she does that, you know, another another obstacle comes in your way, but it never but ever... But it makes me stronger. I always say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. People really, it's really you, like everyone really should believe in themselves. And believe that whatever, like, if you're not dead from something, it will only make you stronger and makes you, like, even better at what you're doing. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear the story of what happens before she moves on <laughs> to triathlons and what uh, what comes her way next. More on Life Beats next on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It's the story of Sara Lajnev, Olympian elite athlete, uh, somebody who does not take no for an answer ever, um, which I love so much. Uh, you're incredible, Sara. Uh, and I'm loving hearing your story. And for everybody who's hearing this, um, there should be nothing, nothing, nothing ever that stops you. Mm-hmm. You had a hole in your lungs before you went to comp- compete in the 2012 Olympics. Um, you moved from swimming to rowing where you just demolished everybody that you know <laughs> you came across. And then now uh, you are moving into uh, triathlons mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, you're deciding to take on a whole new challenge. First of all, why triathlons? And then uh, we'll talk about what happened just before you started. <laughs> okay, so um, rowing is a very hard sport. And um, I mean, because for me, my goal is to qualify for the Olympics. Mm. So um, I, had, I was advised by friends that are in the sports that told me that rowing will take a long time i mean you can be good but to be olympic level um it takes a lot of work and you have to be a full-time athlete being an elite athlete and a full-time athlete is really like we don't have this in the region here so um i think people don't understand really what it is to be an elite athlete is you work as an athlete so you wake up, you train, you eat, you just like have a full day of being an athlete. So you don't work like on the side or you don't have a social life. You don't have you don't have a life. You're just an athlete and you just set your goals for the Olympics and you train, you train for that and you do it like full time. So um, but for me, I wanted to stay at rowing and I wanted to do rowing. But at the same time, um, Triathlon is good for rowing because like triathletes and rowers, they, okay, so rowers, they cycle to get their legs stronger and um, triathletes, they row indoors to get their legs stronger also Mm -hmm. and to get like the posture right 
and to um to compensate with like all like because when you're on your bike you just like bending and then rowing just straightens your back so they they're interchangeable so they help each other make like the athlete better so um in march i uh, wanted to compete at the itu in 2000 so march 2018 i decided to compete at the itu um in abu dhabi so the world cup in abu dhabi um and i was i started training triathlon i got a bike and um the itu was supposed to be on march 3rd and on march 1st i go out on my last ride before heading to abu dhabi i was living in murdif at the same at that time and i was cycling outside and then boom i get hit by a car <laughs> Unbelievable. i was not going fast i was really wearing and thank god alhamdulillah i was You're wearing protected. my helmet and i was wearing everything like my like the 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 light thing and but the guy just broke a stop sign he had he was coming from a secondary like road and he had a stop sign in front of him but he was speeding so fast and i guess he had his phone on or something that he didn't see me and people here don't really pay attention to cyclists because a lot of cyclists die like around the city and like in dubai and abu dhabi because people if it's not a car they don't see you really so you've um, got to watch out you and, have to pay yeah, attention and he was not paying attention and he had a stop sign so for me he was gonna stop like even if he was going fast he was gonna stop like mm. but no he did not stop and he hit me and believe me sally in like a couple of seconds i saw my life going in front of me and the hit was so hard because he was going fast that i just like fell on my side like on my right side and I was hysteric and the guy was gonna leave like a lady came and she called the ambulance and she called the police mm. and the guy his only problem was like I'll call my wife she lives here and she will come and help you I'm like and I was so hysteric I didn't even want to talk you to just him. couldn't you like I couldn't but and I what, was in pain what did that do to you after that what like you know I, in terms like, of recovery and well, injury? when I fell I, I I thought that my career was over I'm like oh my god no like the first thing right. that came into my head I'm like I cannot do sports anymore because I was in pain and I knew something was wrong like the ambulance people they told me like you're fine you'll be fine but I couldn't like when the ambulance was like moving like I had really a really bad pain in my shoulder so and I ended up having a fracture in my collarbone and um, so and my bone broke up so um, I just had to have a surgery on it if I wanted to do sport ever again so I had to have an emergency surgery and went back home and did the surgery and then Four weeks later, I come back to the UAE to compete to finish my rowing championship. <laughs> you what? You yes. what? I was not, I mean, technically I was not allowed to, but the doctors told me you can because, I mean, I was not able to move my arm up, but I could move it like forwards and backwards a little bit with a little bit of pain. And I couldn't like let my team down at that point. We only had two rounds left, one in Abu Dhabi and the final one in Sharjah here. So I was like, I'm coming, coach. Like he, my coach called me. I'm like, coach, I'm coming and I'm competing. Probably I will not be a hundred percent, but I will come. So I went to Abu Dhabi. Instead of five gold, I got two silver and three gold. Oh my god! <laughs> and oh my then, gosh. and then in Sharjah, we did like a month later, we did the same thing, and I had like four, I mean, three gold and one silver. I had to scratch from one of the events. And then I won the overall national championship Mashallah. again. And my team won the overall national championship. So Alhamdulillah was like national champion again. If if there's, a, you know, something that we can say about you, it's unstoppable. Oh, 
Thank unstoppable. You. <laughs> it's just, I'm, I just, I'm, in, I'm amazed, amazed by. Believe me, Sally, I really like the way I do it now. It's not to prove anything or, but more to try to inspire the maximum of people and to, especially to to show that I mean we're Arabs and we're Muslim and um, here we still have that mentality that Arab girls or like Arab women like are not done for sports and they cannot be athletes. But no, I want to show like lead by example. So show the people that we can be athletes and we can excel at it and we can be really good athletes and we can show those little like future athletes like girls or boys in general that they can do it if they put their heart and soul in it and they just like set their goals. Um, anything is possible. Anything is possible with the work and the, the the right, like, you have to just, like, work for it. And, I mean, it's not only training that it's important. It's everything that surrounds it. So, I mean, they say athletes don't have a social life, but I'll take it. I don't need a social life 24-7 or, like, every day of the week. So, but... If, you have your goal. Exactly. You have your goal and have, in your mind and, and that's that what medal, you're going for. And that medal, when you get onto that podium and you represent, like, your country or your club or, like, the people that love you and you put a smile on the faces of the people that believed in you and then you also put a smile on the faces of the people that didn't believe in you because they will be ashamed of themselves because they did not believe in you. So that means the world and that feeling of, like, pride and just, like, accomplishment you cannot have it any other way. So training is really hard. I mean, committing is very hard mm. and setting goals is very hard. But when you win, that's what's the most important. We've only got a couple of uh, minutes left, okay. but you're going for pentathlons next. Uh, I mean, you're yeah. going... Okay, Not so in the near things. future, but yeah. <laughs> this is, this is going to be after you go for the Olympics in 2020. Inshallah. This yes. is your next goal now. Yes, because... I want to, I mean, I want to do something different is to go to the Olympics and compete in different sports. But we cannot compete in different sports at the same edition of the Olympics. So I decided to go to a different Olympics each time with a different sports. I mean, inshallah, God help How me. How many to sports can you actually, <laughs> can you compete in multiple sports in one Olympics? No, that's the thing. You can do one collective and one individual. But I mean, collective sports are, I mean, it's, it's hard to do one collective and one individual. So... Um, I really think about the sports that I do. I just don't go and do like any sport because I mean, there's always swimming involved because that's my strength. Yeah. And I still compete in swimming too, you know. Um, inshallah, I'm planning to go to the Master World Championships this summer in August again. Inshallah, with Al Wasl Club, a local club from here. Um, and in May, before that, I have the, um, the Aquathlon World Championships, the multi-sport. So Aquathlon is swimming and running. And then soon, and in a couple of weeks, actually, I'm doing the ITU, the World Cup in Abu Dhabi and triathlon. So um, so it's always swimming is one of the events that I do. And uh, because swimming really sets you for life. It's just like a, a great sport. It sets you up for every other sport, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. Because it's an endurance sport. It works your whole body. But I mean, what I want to say really is sports is not only, it doesn't only... Like, I mean, get you and make you good in sports. It's just like it makes you a better human being and a better person. Because like when you are an athlete, you just learn how to be like organized, how to set your goals, how to um, how to fight for the things that you want and um, not take no for an answer. So actually now there are like studies that are showing that 
athletes and Olympic athletes are very um, hireable. Like people hire athletes more and more because they understood that athletes are a different kind of people, kind of like if we can say that, because um, they're they work really hard to do what they love and what they want, that they can be really productive in the work that they do also in like in the business world. So um, because it teaches you all of those skills that you actually need, you know, being strategic, the Mm -hmm. discipline, the drive. Exactly. uh, And a team player, too, because I mean, sports, you 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 are part of a team. So you need to work with your team in order to reach the goals that you want to reach. Even if it's an individual sport, we train together. So, I mean, swimming is one of the most individual sports in the world, but we train together and you train with a team. So it teaches you like the atmosphere and how to work with people and how to be good. We're going to have to have you back again, I think. Thank Uh, you. (laughs) You're incredible. So I set now on the Olympics in 2020. We're excited. We're going to be watching your journey very closely because this is amazing, amazing story. And you are inspiring so many right now all over the world. I hope that's that's the goal. Um, I'm really trying to inspire and to just talk to people in their language and on their level and telling them that really, I just want to say that, as I said earlier, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because it really does. Like, I mean, and it's not like the important is not how many times you fall. It's like when you stand up after it, you have to stand up, like stand back up stronger and fight for what you want and um, you will get it. If you really want it, nothing can stop you. Nothing, nothing. The unstoppable Sarah <laughs> Lezhnev. What an absolute pleasure to have you, you Sally. on it Life Beats today. Too. We're going to have this up in a podcast in case you missed the conversation. <laughs> it's one I'm going to be listening back to again and again. Thank you. Um, as I get on my bike and get Do in the pool. Do sports in the morning. I mean, practice. I mean, be active in the morning because yes. it really makes you more energetic and just like makes you more productive. Believe me, people, it works. If yes. you do best your time. sport in the morning, best time, best time best is time in the, the morning. I mean, if you wake up at like seven, try to wake up at 630 and start with 15 minutes of exercise. It It's not going to be more of a sleep like you're not going to lose that much sleep, but you will see your day will be set. Oh, we are all <laughs> set. We're excited and we are set. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.